I wanted to start my speech with a story. A story which inspired me to change the topic of my speech last minute. So I was playing Overwatch, which is a video game if you're wondering, and at the end of a game when you're on the loading screen, there's a chat where you can just chat with random people, people put messages into it, and just it so happened that there was a conversation about communism and income inequality and all these things, and I realized something that I hadn't before. Some people don't believe in the fact that some are born with wealth, meaning when you are brought into this world, you have more wealth than others. People believe it's an even playing field, meaning everyone starts at point A, and through sheer willpower and strength alone, you can get to point B. Well, this isn't true, and I thought I'd share a little bit what I know about the issue. Now let's think a little bit about generational wealth. It's called generational wealth because it takes generations to acquire it, meaning people who have had more time as a lineage to acquire wealth are more likely to be in the present day having a large sum of money due to their previous ancestors' opportunities. The end of the Civil War marked a time of humongous income inequality. Former slave owners had been stealing wages from their slaves for hundreds of years and were able to keep those profits and pass it on to future generations, while the newly freed slaves had to start with nothing. The Freedmen's Bureau was an organization which was meant to level the playing field a little bit, but it was underfunded and failed in its job. Former slave owners had a head start in acquiring wealth. This isn't even just plantation owners, this is anyone who benefited from slavery. This issue may seem like black and white, literally, but it isn't. There were white people who were in the same situations having little money, almost nothing, and not being able to own the land they worked on. The issues of tenant farming had more to do with one's class rather than one's race. However, there were unfair disadvantages that black people had to face which tried to keep them at a lower class. Lynchings were a way to stop any black person from acquiring more wealth by killing them. These fear tactics were a way of telling black people to stay in their position and not try to acquire too much wealth. Ida B. Wells learned the truth about lynchings, that they were less about deterring crime and more about keeping black people from acquiring too much power, when three of her friends who owned a successful grocery store were lynched. These friends hadn't done anything wrong. The only thing they did do was start a successful business. The long history of slavery, along with years of systemic racism that followed, have led us to a place today where income inequality and generational wealth is correlated with one's race. Some people are born with the privilege of having been born into a family which has had many generations to acquire wealth, going back hundreds of years. Other people are not granted those same privileges. So how does this relate to careers, the job search, and the hiring process? Well, imagine that there was a scout who was looking for the fastest runner, and this scout waits at the end of a racetrack, and what they're going to do is pick the person who gets to the finish line first. And suppose person A crosses the finish line, followed by a minute later by person B. Clearly, this scout is going to pick person A because person A is the fastest, right? Let's imagine that person A got a five-minute head start. Well, they did arrive at the finish line first, However, they're four minutes slower than person B. The scout didn't have all the information and would end up picking the slower runner. Simply due to the fact that person A had a five minute head start, 
they would receive opportunities that person B did not get. This is despite the fact that person B was a faster runner. Having generational wealth is pretty similar to having a head start in life. This is not to say that person A doesn't work hard. To be a fast runner, one must work really hard. Person A and person B both had to work hard to be where they're at. However, if you're looking for the fastest runner, looking at the finish line alone won't give you a good answer. In a hiring scenario, there is more to look at than where someone currently is. The school someone went to and the jobs they've had are affected by outside factors and affected by opportunities that they had because of where they were born. This reminds me of one of my favorite scenes from one of my favorite shows called Bold Type. In the show, one of the characters had to hire someone, and she was looking at the resumes, and she ended up meeting one person in person and realizing that she was the perfect fit. This person was exactly what she wanted to hire. However, the higher-ups said no because the person she wanted to hire didn't have a college degree. Now this person who didn't have a college degree had worked hard their entire lives to get to where they are. They even had more skills than some of the other applicants who had a college degree. I won't tell you what happens, I guess you'll have to watch the show, but what do you think should happen? Should college degrees and what's written down on paper be the sole thing that determines whether someone can work at a place? Or are people more than just a resume? That's up to you to decide.